everyone, it's Mickey here. You're listening to Mini Wikipedia on a Monday. And today, let's have a brief chat about foods with health halos. These are foods which typically people consider healthy or a healthier alternative, when in fact they are no healthier and in some cases even worse than the foods that they are compared against. And I think one of the first ones I want to address is oat milk. Now, please don't think that you have to give up your oat milk if you love it. I just don't want you to think that it is a healthier alternative than other either milks or milk substitutes. It's just over the last couple of years, it's really sort of risen in terms of its popularity, oat milk lattes, etc. And many people have these because they think it's a better option than, say, cow's milk or another plant milk alternative. First and foremost with cow's milk is unless you have an intolerance to lactose, which is the sugar in milk, or you don't tolerate dairy in general because of the casein protein. And casein is a type of protein in milk that in some people can cause an inflammatory response and increase pro-inflammatory cytokines, which are little inflammatory constituents in the gut and just cause that overall sort of uh, aches or bloating, uh, heavy periods, tender breasts for women, acne, etc. And so with the removal of dairy, you get the removal of the casein and subsequent a resolution of those issues. And I've sort of gone off on a tangent, but just so you know, if you don't tolerate milk, yet you're pretty much fine on cheese and other dairy products, then it's likely the lactose that you're actually responding to. And if you don't tolerate any of the dairy products, then it's more likely to be the casein. And it's funny, actually, as we get older, we tend to tolerate dairy less and less. And in fact, I did have a discussion with Dr. Michael Rose about the evolution of our food tolerances. And so if you're interested in this information, I would definitely recommend that you check out that interview. It was just released a couple of weeks ago. But as we age, we don't tolerate dairy as well as we used to. And a good sign of whether or not this is you, if you're unsure if it's dairy, is have a think back to your childhood and whether or not you were dairy tolerant then. Because if you had any issues with dairy or, you know, your mum couldn't have dairy products when she was breastfeeding you, or you had like asthma or allergies or similar that might have sort of resolved across the reproductive years, yet you think that you're experiencing sort of the same thing again, then that's probably a good sign that you don't actually tolerate dairy. And the last thing I will say on this tangent is the best way to know whether or not you tolerate any food is to do an elimination diet. There are a range of different tests, of course, that you can get through your doctor, but actually an elimination diet is the gold standard because that is going to tell you how you're responding to a certain food. And you do want to do that for 30 days and then make no other real changes to your diet so you can be pretty certain that that's what it is and then reintroduce to see whether there is any sort of um, repercussions of introduction. But anyway, I digress because I was talking about milk substitutes like almond and soy and coconut, but of course oat milk, which has a real health halo around it. 
And if you like it, absolutely continue to drink it. But just don't think it's a better choice than any of these other milks. Milk, by far and away, is the most nutritious milk that you can actually have because it's got the protein, it's got the B vitamins naturally occurring. Full fat dairy products do not increase your risk of cardiovascular disease despite the recommendation to go low fat. However, you might want to consider going low fat dairy if you're trying to improve body composition. And there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, a lot of people think that low fat dairy contains added sugar. And whilst of course some products will, the majority of low fat dairy products I'm thinking of like cottage cheese and trim milk do not contain added sugar. Oat milk, interestingly, unlike, I'm going to compare it to almond milk because that's sort of the other popular one that a lot of people um, like to use. And certainly I like to use unsweetened almond milk in my protein shakes. And I'll talk more about that in a minute. But oat milk, because it is sourced from a grain rather than a nut or another plant, the carb content is going to be considerably higher depending on how much of it you have. Now, if you're having a splash of oat milk in your coffee, really, no big deal. If you're making lattes, if you're having oat milk in your smoothies, that can impact negatively on your blood sugar levels because whilst oats themselves contain fiber, which can help slow the release of the carbohydrate into the bloodstream as glucose, oat milk doesn't actually. And so it's going to have a pretty quick rise in blood sugar, which isn't favorable really for anyone. So be mindful of that. And this is even in the oat milks that aren't sweetened. And I know there are some out there that you can get that are not sweetened, but many do have added sugar. So this is outside of the added sugar, which would be my second point as to why you want to be mindful of your oat milk consumption, the sugar that is added to the oat milk. Oat milk is higher in calories than other milk alternatives, such as unsweetened almond milk. And this is definitely worth considering if you are someone who has a couple of oat milk lattes a day or makes your Some varieties have up to 150 calories per 250 ml serve. Now, when you compare that to an unsweetened almond milk, where you can get some at just 30 calories per 250 ml serve, it is certainly significant. And you could add several hundred calories to your diet if you are making a smoothie and having a couple of lattes a day. And that is not just due to the oats and the added carbohydrate there, but it is also due to the other ingredients they add to improve the texture and improve the flavor. And of course, one of the ingredients that is often added to oat milk, not all oat milks, but a lot, is the cheap oils like the sunflower and the canola oil. Again, as I said, a splash here or there is probably no big deal. But if you are consuming significant amounts, then it can also upset the balance of your omega-3 essential fatty acids to your omega-6 essential fatty acids. And this ratio is considered important when it comes to reducing inflammation, improving cardiovascular function, endothelial function, helping with overall blood flow through the body. So having the correct ratio of omega-3 to omega-6 is important for that. And it's typically an issue in the Western diet because we don't consume that many foods that have a high amount of omega-3s, such as salmon, mackerel, sardines, and we over-consume the omega-6s 
six fatty acids. So omega-6 fatty acids in of themselves, and you find them in a range of foods like nuts and seeds and meats and avocados. Now, those that are naturally occurring are not that much of a big deal, but it's just that the omega-6s are also contained in a lot of the cheap industrial oils that we find in packaged foods, such as oatmeal, crackers, biscuits, those uh, pea snacks and, and things like that. Whereas we're getting a ton more omega-6s than we are omega-3s. And this can lead to an increase in the low level inflammation in the body, which I think, and it's not just what I think, but as I understand it, is going to be an important consideration for some people. Now, I do think that there are people who could well be impervious to this response. There may be a genetic reason for this. It might be that their anti-inflammatory genes are really able to quickly resolve inflammation. So, you know, the omega-3 balance isn't as important. But if you are someone who might have joint pain, might have underlying autoimmune issues, might be someone who has a poorly functioning immune system, then maybe underlying, you're not able to resolve inflammation as well as someone else. And this is where this omega-3, omega-6 ratio might be even more important than for someone else. But Equally, it is important. And so if you are having several hundred milliliters of oat milk a day, then you are going to be upping considerably the amount of those omega-6 oils and those cheap oils. So that is something else to consider with oat milk. And there are definitely, if you look at the ingredient list of oat milk on some brands, it's just got an absolute sort of laundry list of different ingredients. And so to look at that and think that it's a healthier alternative to these other milks, or particularly cow's milk, if you don't have an intolerance to it, is sort of mind boggling to me, actually. And whilst oats are naturally gluten-free, they can be contaminated with gluten if processed in facilities that also handle wheat, barley, or rye. So this would be a concern with anyone with a gluten intolerance. And I can't tell you how much of an issue it is. There is, you know, oats are sprayed with glycosphate if they're not organic oats. And some people are really sensitive to that as well. So for all of these reasons, I would just say that if you're choosing oat milk because you think it is healthier, then I do want to disabuse you of that notion because it is not healthier. However, I, this doesn't mean that I think you absolutely must give up your oat milk consumption if it's the thing that you like. It just might mean that you need to make other adjustments elsewhere in your diet so it fits nicely within your overall sort of food plan. And this might mean for you that you use oat milk in a latte because that's when you really love it and you get a small one, yet you choose either water or almond milk in your smoothie, for example. It might also mean that you are much more considered with your omega-3 content of your diet, so you increase the amount of salmon, mackerel, or sardines that you might be consuming, or you take a fish oil or an omega-3 supplement to help offset the increase in those omega-6 fatty acids. And it might mean that you look at your overall calorie intake and make adjustments in other areas to allow for the additional calories in oat milk. Now, what I will add as a caveat is I don't think almond milk is a great milk either. 
it is just a useful substitute, almost like structured water that people like to use in their protein smoothies. And this is why I use it actually, because it does add a little bit more body to that. And some almond milks are fortified. How well we absorb the fortified nutrients. And by fortified, I mean that they have added nutrients to something that would otherwise not contain them. So almond milk has added calcium, some B vitamins. This I think is a good thing on face value. I don't know though what studies have been done to show that we can absorb them. So I do want to sort of add that as a caveat. Uh, Almond milk, as I said, is way lower in calories if you get the unsweetened one. And there are brands out there which do not contain many emulsifiers. If you look at the back of a label of almond milk, you'll also see that some of the best brands out there, such as Little Island, only contain 6% almonds. So predominantly, you are just getting a lot of water, really. But it's good that there are alternatives out there. One last thing I will say about all of these uh, milk substitutes is look at the emulsifiers that they use in them. So some milk products might use sunflower lecithin, some might use carrageenan, some might use xanthan gum. All of these products have the potential to upset someone's gut and gut microbiome. Again, I believe this is an individual thing. So if you're including a lot of these milk substitutes in your diet and you're having issues that you're not sure where they're coming from, that is one other consideration with this. What I will say is brands in New Zealand like Boring Oat Milk, Macro Organic Oat Milk, And Otis oat milk might be the better options, particularly that last one, if you are someone that likes the oat milks. Uh, They just have less ingredients and do not contain either sugar or the canola oil. And I believe that that um, will be helpful for some people. So, you know, if you're able to make that choice, then maybe they're the ones that you decide to go for. Now, I did mention veggie sticks or veggie snacks baked not fried and you also see these in the health food aisles particularly at countdown harvest peas snacks um veggie snacks that are like chips but they're made from kumara or carrot or parsnip these are no better than typical potato chips so don't be fooled into thinking these are a healthy alternative when they are not and i know these do crop up and people think they are a better option. Sometimes I think it is marketing and that you see these products in a health food aisle, your brain immediately registers that these are a healthier alternative. But if you look at the calories and you look at the fat content, you'll see there's not that much difference between those products and potato chips. So do be mindful of that. Anything baked and not fried Generally, this isn't a great option either because often these contain a lot of those cheap oils that I was just discussing and they're very calorie dense because it's a mixture of both starch and oil and typically salt and sugar, which both together in the right ratios are very hyper palatable and just make you want to eat a lot of them. So do be mindful of that. I would say other foods that has a health halo that it doesn't deserve would be the protein muesli bars that you also see down the snack aisle. Now, 
These are typically, again, hyperpalatable, so they're not going to satisfy you. You'll have a 30-gram bar and then still probably be hungry or hungrier. The protein that's added to them isn't high enough to make it a protein bar per se. So typically protein bars have about 20 grams of protein, whereas uh, those protein muesli bars might have about 8 to 10 grams. So I don't even know that it's particularly useful, and it's certainly not in a type of protein which is easily utilized or as easily, easily utilized by the body as, say, a whey protein would be. So that's something to be mindful of with that. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with protein peanut butter at all, actually. But just don't be fooled into thinking this is going to substantially contribute to your protein intake because it doesn't have that much more protein than generally normal peanut butter has. You have to consume quite a significant amount of it in order to get that protein. And that will also deliver a ton more calories that you probably don't need. So, you know, if you love, again, if you love protein, peanut butter, go for it. But just don't go thinking it's a better choice than just your regular peanut butter or that it's something that's going to contribute substantially to your protein intake. Now, another type of food which I think um, is worth mentioning is, of course, the spreads like Flora Proactive, like Olivani, or that avocado spread, Nutlex, anything sort of that isn't butter and is marketed as being better than butter. Typically, it is not. Now, first, Flora Proactive. It's a margarine that contains added plant sterols. Now, a plant sterol is it's a phytosterol. So if you think cholesterol, it's a similar chemical compound to a cholesterol, but it is a plant-based one. So it's plant sterol. And it acts in the body like cholesterol. Thus, it can take up the space where cholesterol would otherwise be. And so you do not absorb the cholesterol that you would otherwise absorb. So it can lower your overall cholesterol level. And this is what scientific studies have shown us. However, there are people and a not insignificant number of people who, when they consume these plant sterols, actually reabsorb more of the phytosterol than they would normal cholesterol because they've got a genetic defect in something called an ATP binding cassette, which if you want further information on, I highly recommend you check out Peter Atia's straight dope on cholesterol series. He's written a range of different articles about cholesterol and the absorption, and he covers it in this series. But that defect that some people have makes those phytosterols even more atherogenic. So they outcompete cholesterol at the point of um, sort of the absorption, and your body will regulate and end up absorbing a lot of these phytosterols, which are pro-inflammatory. They're more oxidizable, which means that it makes them more atherogenic. So you've got these plant sterols, which in science and clinical studies lowers cholesterol, but in reality, in some people, increases the risk of atherosclerosis, so of that cholesterol actually being absorbed and forming plaque on the arteries. So you can see that there's no net benefit from it. And Flora Proactive is expensive. You're, like, you're looking at 8 or $9 a tub 
and it is margarine. It is made from those cheap oils that I was just discussing. Pro-inflammatory in some people. There are camps out there, like really highly uh, trained doctors who are very smart, who are very well against things like margarine. And certainly I don't know the ins and outs as well as they would on the harms of omega-6 outside of, of course, what I was just discussing with the balance of omega-3 to omega-6. But I do know that there are some real concerns about the omega-6 content of the diet, particularly from uh, foods like margarine, like flora proactive. So it's it's sort of like in nutrition, as you know, there are just different camps of people who believe certain things. And there are the likes of Dr. Paul Mason, who I really want to talk to on the podcast. And I'm just needing to tee up at the time with him, actually. There's also the likes of uh, Dr. Kate. Shanahan, who um, has written a couple of books. She's done several presentations and speaking. She's really well thought of. Um, She's a doctor who knows a lot about nutrition and very much in the camp that omega-6s are the root cause of inflammatory problems in the modern diet. So, you know, these are really smart people who have this belief. And as with anything, there will be a lot of supporting data to their argument. So I think that's really just important to be mindful of. And, you know, I'm certainly not wanting to demonize any particular foods or food groups. So I try to be a little bit agnostic, but also just acknowledge that, again, there'll be people who um, will really benefit from the removal of a lot of omega-6 fats from their diet. Notwithstanding that, I mean, margarine just tastes terrible, and it's certainly not better than butter. And if you are someone that is super sensitive to saturated fat, as I know that there are people who are, then instead of using margarine, I would use things like actual avocado as a spread or just, you know, reduce entirely. And interestingly, if you look at coconut oil and the data around that, coconut oil has a type of fat in it or types of fats in it that tend to be quite neutral for heart health, despite what you read about it being high in saturated fat and bad for heart health, tends to be quite neutral. So that would be another alternative. But I wouldn't waste my money on Flora Proactive. Uh, And I also wouldn't go down the route of buying Olivani or that avocado oil spread because you think it's a healthier alternative. If you look at the ingredient list on those last two, the 60% of the uh, ingredients come from vegetable oils, so cheap industrial oils. Uh, Nutalex is another one I was asked about as an alternative to butter. It's a popular one amongst plant-based people. Again, it's predominantly made from cheap vegetable oils. So in a nutshell, I certainly wouldn't say to you that uh, you must avoid these things at all costs. I just don't want you to go thinking that they're a healthier alternative and that you must go and buy these because it's going to be better than the, you know, the foods that they're trying to substitute because they really aren't. And by all means, eat what you like, but be informed about what you're eating, I think. Okay, team, that's a bit enough from me really, isn't it? You have a great week. You can catch me on threads, Instagram, and Twitter at Mickey Willardin. You can catch me over on Facebook at Mickey Willardin Nutrition. Or you can go to my website, mickeywillardin.com, and look out for the sign-up sheet to my webinar coming up at the end of the month. 
All right, team, you have the best week. See you later.